how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another new episode that is not invisible. It's actually very real. Bad joke, but... Very tangible. <laughs> you can see it on your screen of whatever device you're using. Someone might think you're crazy, but then you can just show them, hey, it's real. Run the real. It's run the real. You never saw it coming, but here we are. We're back again with another review. And this time we're doing The Invisible Man, one of the movies that actually was released in 2020. Yeah, in the theater. I didn't get around to seeing it till now, but we're going to talk about it. This one's the last movie I saw in theaters. Brings back fond memories, you know, it's like, ah, being like the only person there sitting in the back row in the recliner, just chilling. Ooh, it was great. Those were the days. That's a story for your kids. What was the last (laughs) movie you saw before the great inside? (laughs) Until we all stayed inside for 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Don't don't say 20 yet. (laughs) I think mine was that Lovecraft one we saw. Oh, Color Out of Space? Yeah. When did we see that? February? I'm kind of thinking the last movie I saw in theaters was The Lodge. Nice. I think it may have been Sonic for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Sonic was actually pretty fun. I mean, it doesn't look great from the trailers, but it was actually a pretty fun movie. I won't lie and say I don't want to see it. I definitely will probably rent it someday, but... I'll watch it if it's on Netflix. I'll probably just take Mad Mike's word for it. (laughs) The six bucks to rent it probably on Amazon right now, it's worth that, I'd say. But yeah, we watched The Invisible Man. Um, Came out 2020, early 2020. It's directed by Lee Wannell. Wannell, do you guys know how you say this guy's name? Lee? It is Lee. I don't know. I thought it was Lee Wannell. Sorry, I should have looked up how to say it. And I should know how to say it just on my own because this guy, um, I know of him because he worked with James Wan. And if you don't know who he is, he did uh, Insidious movies, he did The Conjuring, um, he did Dead Silence, Aquaman, he he did um, a Fast and Furious movie. What? He worked on Aquaman? I thought James Wan was the director. Yes, yes. Yeah, I said... Uh, this guy works with James Wan, or he did. I could see your, conf- you know, for a second there, Dan, I too was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but then he was like fast and furious, and I was like, oh. They worked together a lot on their older horror movies, and then they kind of had, um, like they started doing different projects. I don't think there was any particular reason why, but, uh, this guy, um, Lee went on and did, uh, Insidious 4, 3, which... I think he did 3 and 4, which was a pretty mixed bag. Did he not do the first one? He wrote the first one with Juan. Ah. James Wan and him worked very closely together on, like, everything up to Insidious 3. And then James Wan started getting bigger projects. It's weird he got the bigger projects when I'd argue that Lee makes the better movies. (laughs) Well, you haven't seen Insidious 3 and 4 if he did that. All he's done is Insidious 3, Upgrade, and Invisible Man. Those are the only three movies he's directed. 
I was so worried he did Insidious 4. Thank you for putting <laughs> my concerns to rest. Woof. Yeah, but they're they're a good duo when they're together, but they haven't they haven't done anything together in a while. And it seems like James Wan got pulled off into stuff like Fast and Furious, Aquaman, and uh Lee is still sticking with uh kind of horror and thriller stuff. I do like this guy. And I mean, I like James Wan too. And I, I hope they have a reunion someday. But we're going to talk about his movie, The Invisible Man. Who picked this? Or was it a group pick? I don't remember. I think it was like me and Dan brought it up. We're like, we should do this for a filler. Yeah. The two people who'd already seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it because uh, I, I liked it, I guess. It was good, I think. An interesting take. On the Universal Classic. Who would have thought the uh, the Dark Universe would make its return? Man, this ain't connected to that <laughs> crap. Yeah, I saw after watching it that they had originally intended for it to be in the universe and then completely rewrote the movie after it failed. When's, when's Dracula and the Mummy showing up? Where's Tom Cruise? They had their chances. They did. <laughs> they flopped. You had one job. This is how they should do the like the dark universe stuff. Just make their own stories, and if they're you know they're good, they're good. And then maybe like later you can just be like, we'll cross them over now. Like don't try to connect them. Make strong, solid stories by themselves. I think is the key. Don't worry about this connection stuff. Well, it's the uh, cinematic universe that everyone's trying to cash in on, but nobody's really doing it besides uh, Marvel. Others try, but they'd never succeed quite as well. And I wonder why they picked this universe specifically to try and cash in on maybe they were running low on like properties they actually owned well all of these movies back in the day crossed over with each other before like we had like uh, frankenstein versus the wolfman uh i think dracula fought the wolfman at some point i don't remember but they've they kind of had something going on like way back in the whenever these came out 40s 50s 30s i don't know yeah, but the audience who is going to remember that have nostalgia for that is probably pretty pretty low at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or anybody who goes back and actively watches those movies, because people do do that, but even that audience is still pretty small, I'd say. Well, I think people like to, you know, act like they're nostalgic about these old movies like The Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon and apparently The Invisible Man. Yeah, he's in the group. He's with them. He had, what, two movies, I think? Yeah, two or three. I don't remember. My fiance thought and had heard some way that this was actually a remake of a Kevin Bacon movie. Hollow Man? Uh-huh. And not at all like part of the, like a remake of the original Dark Universe movies, but rather a remake of that separate film shoehorned into the Dark Universe. I think Hollow Man is like inspired by Invisible Man thing too, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but they I think they recognized that it was like in no way similar to the novel, so they did what this movie should have done and be like, hmm, why don't we just name it something slightly different since we were inspired? I like that it's the Invisible Man. It's iconic. I like that name. It brought me in. I like the Invisible Man. Well, it is iconic. That's kind of my point, right? Like, let's make the Invisible Man, not whatever this is. This isn't even a remake of The Hollow Man. Does it have to be, though? Does it have to be based on the book? I don't know. I like the character wrapped in bandages wearing a trench coat and a hat. Well, you've got that movie already. And I like the scientist thing, that he's just a scientist who went mad. 
He is a scientist who he's pretty mad, I would say, in this movie. Mm, I think he was already mad from the sounds of it. I don't know. We don't have to spend too much time on my issue with the legacy of Invisible Man, though. I mean, it really, you know, doesn't have that much relevance as we push forward into the movie. Obviously, it's already out there. It is what it is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, this is probably better than most of those other stuff, including the book by H.G. Wells. How dare you? I will <laughs> vehemently disagree with this. I feel like the beef is going to come back up. You know, I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the older movie, but I think this movie is pretty ambitious coming out today's time for our horror movies because all our horror movies now are, are like uh demons and ghosts and like creature features even but we don't get a ton of creature features anymore we do get some but mostly it's all demons and ghosts and having a villain protagonist monster that's invisible and you can't see it i think is pretty ambitious especially for a blumhouse movie yes in yes 2020 <laughs> because blumhouse is all supernatural stuff i know tv feels very strongly about this oh my god i'm sure i've been on record on our shows before how much i'm annoyed by the the trope of like the ghost <laughs> demon they all just do the exact same thing there's nothing unique about them like you could just interchange any of these demons with something else i mean there's stuff in there i think was it insidious where there's like the singing guy in his workshop like Satan, Darth Maul looking guy. Oh, yeah. Tip he was unique. Out the window. The, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's like the, uh, as much as I don't like the movie, at least Insidious 4 had like the key thing going on. Don't even <laughs> give him a place here. At least there was something unique about it. But yeah, I, this is such a good like breath of fresh air because yeah, it, I mean, Ironically, it is just an invisible force throwing people around. <laughs> but, you know, it, oh, it it's does unique. more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, I think it, it's a nice change of pace. I'm ready for a change. Let's get some new stuff. Bring back these old guys. Yeah, let's, I mean, and do them right, obviously. We tried the mummy, we tried Dracula, but try them again and do them right this time because so far, you know, like they have cool, unique traits and powers. They're, they got some, some personality to them, you know? So, like, this was the issue that I was kind of mentioning on the last show when we picked this, was that I saw a trailer on cable for this movie, right? The trailer for this movie reveals, I mean, the boyfriend in the suit trying to murder her. Like, it's all there. Everything is there. The paint scene was there, and then, like, like later on, whenever it, like, flashes the suit, like, in the asylum was there. And I don't know. Like, if you know going in... That's too bad. Like, yeah... Well, they make it pretty clear. Like, I was talking about this with my wife after we watched it, because we were discussing that point of if they should have made it more ambiguous. Like, is Elizabeth Moss going crazy? Or is it really an invisible man? I personally, I think it would have been better if they made it more ambiguous, because... I think they make it pretty clear all the way through what's going on. And to the movie's credit, they do it extremely well. But, I mean, at the start, you see her go look at the suit. You don't know it's the suit yet, but you can put two and two together. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I completely agree. Yeah, more ambiguous would have been a lot better. I don't know. I just feel like it took away all, like, the scariness. 
I know who it is already. Like, haha, we get it. I will disagree with that. I was on the edge of my seat with like, you, you know, like the fact that, you know, there's something there, I think makes it even almost even scarier. Like, okay, where is he? You know, you're looking around trying to find him. You're just, I, at least I was, I'm just like scanning the screen, the way the camera moves and kind of like pans the room and like shoots at angles where he's presumably there. Ugh. Oh, it's like the classic, like Blumhouse angle, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. They, like, always show where the thing is going to be or come from. But they don't do it the same way, though. Like, sometimes there's, like, she's just sitting in the room, and it does a thing where it's, like, she's sitting there, it pans down the hall, and it's not like... you It wouldn't be a scary scene unless... Like, he never pops out of that area, you know? Like, but you know that there's something there, like, just because it's the Invisible Man, you know? I mean, it's, like, the same thing they used in, like, all the Insidious movies with the demons. Like, they'd have their, like, fingers around the doorway or their face or, like... Only the kid can see, and nobody else can see the demon on the ceiling in the corner. But that's different, because you see something there, and you're expecting something to be there, right? But in this movie, you don't know if something's there. Well, that's what I'm saying, is Insidious used the same thing. Because the parents couldn't see what the kid would see, so like the kid would be like, Oh my god, there's a thing on the ceiling! And like the parents would just be looking at like an empty ceiling... And then at the end of the movie, it like cuts back and you see what the kid saw. I don't know. It, it seemed like a trope that was used by Lee in earlier works he'd worked on. Oh, no. I think it's much better than all those earlier films that he's done. I would argue that this isn't really a horror movie. I'd say it's a psychological thriller because, I mean, you, you know that um, her boyfriend or whatever he is is, is there. From the start, you can kind of assume from the title of the movie that he's there, he's not dead, and that he's there messing with her. What is unsettling is seeing how he completely destroys her life while he's invisible and psychologically terrorizes her, keeps doing what he was doing in the relationship, but instead of having a physical thing that everybody else can be like, oh yeah, that dude's dirtbag doing this to her, they're like, oh, she's just doing it herself which i was not a fan of i gotta say i found that to be the interesting part of this movie it it is very interesting i want to hear why fox didn't like it but it is cool because so like halfway through the film they have the confrontation with the invisible man and they have their fight and everything right and it it's clever what it does because it's like, all right, we've shown you this, so we're going to start doing things you don't expect now. Like when he kills the sister, you find out she's pregnant. So it's like, we've shown you this, so you're not like as scared or on edge seeing what he's going to do to her in her house or whatever. So we're going to put a lot of real clever twists in the story that keep you invested, which I really liked. I think the thing for me, what I liked is, I mean, I was just super invested in um, the main character. And like, you know, I felt really bad for her the way she escaped that situation. And, you know, it felt like she really had built her life back up. And then to see it just getting slowly stripped away and nobody, you know, is believing what she's saying. It's just like... Oh, it's brutal to just watch as, yeah, everything gets torn down around her and there's really nothing she can really do about it as much as she tries. Yeah, the psychological terror. Apparently she has the worst friends, family, support group in the history of the world. 
Well, I mean, who knows how long she's been isolated. Like, this might have been, like, a shot in the dark, like she did earlier, where she's like, hey, I, I need your help. And eventually, it's just like, fine, I'll meet with you again, you know? Like, we don't know how long this has been. She's been, like, cooped up there and controlled or whatever. Three years. Well, she hasn't been in contact with anybody since then, I would assume. I don't know. From the vibe I got from the movie, he controlled everything. I mean, like, we know how long it's been that she was dating the guy and living out there. Okay, well, three years is a long time, and you kind of get isolated. And we know that the sister saw a very tangible threat when she came and saved her the first time. Yeah, but they thought he was dead. They thought he was dead because he faked his death. I, it just seems a little stupid to me that the sister would be like, I'm never gonna speak to you again. I don't even want to hear your explanation for this slam door in your face. After the email where she says, I wish you were dead, you were just trying to get my money. I think that's pretty reasonable. And the sister's like, dude, I didn't do that. And she's like, I don't care. Slams door in face. Well, she'd already been, they knew she was unstable. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Unstable, so... Just seemed a little far-fetched to me, like it needed to happen for the plot. No, it was justified. And I mean, their conversation at the restaurant, you can put two and two together that they don't have the best relationship. I mean, I would say it's more justified than a lot of movies' explanations for stuff, so... It just seemed kind of slow to me that somebody's, like, family wouldn't even, like, hear her out. I mean, she comes around. I mean, she was probably mad. It was pretty recent that this happened. I mean, I don't know. She does change her mind later. Like, she's like, okay, fine. Maybe I was a little bit too rash, which happens. Yeah, and then gets murdered in front of everybody. Yeah, but awesome scene. Oh, God, so brutal. I guess. Yeah, I think I actually gasped when that happened. Like, I don't know what we all thought was going to happen there. Like, she can't have an ally or else it removes all the tension. Well, I didn't think that it would happen right there in the middle of a public restaurant. This movie did kind of keep me on my toes, I guess. I wasn't able to exactly predict what was going to happen every turn. Because, like, when he started, uh, well, when she took the pin and was going to, like, stab herself to bring him out. And then he just started, like, massacring people in the, the hospital. Man, that was like my favorite scene in the whole movie. That mo that scene is so intense and so crazy. The action is just shot so well. It's really cool. Like I love this guy's uh, his like style when he shoots action. I think we've talked about this before where it's like it's kind of hard to innovate on action. And I don't want to say he necessarily innovates, but he does some different stuff that you don't see a whole lot, I feel like. And it, it works really well where like the camera like follows the people as they fall over and that kind of stuff. I really like that. He does that in Upgrade too, which it's just it's really cool. It's a big difference between, like, Guns Akimbo, where they're just rolling the camera like a bowling ball down the aisle. <laughs> this guy actually shows restraint when he's doing his new techniques. So, Well, not new, but, you know, experimental techniques and stuff. And it's so much better. Did look good. But you didn't like that scene, Fox? <laughs> I just feel like from, like, a story perspective, it was also very frustrating. Why? I guess there's no cameras at all in this, like, mental institution. Which... That all happened, like, within an hour, so it's not like they could do anything about it. All the security guards got taken out. I just like how later the guy's like, you know, there's some strong evidence at the asylum that'll corroborate your story. Like, we don't have this, like, video of, like, 20, like, guards getting massacred in a hallway by That's things. the strong evidence. <laughs> Sounds like strong evidence to me. <laughs> but why was she even there? Like, it's not like... 
I like how it literally goes restaurant asylum. Well, she killed somebody and she's screaming about the invisible being controlling her and stalking her. There's no like jail. There's no lawyers. There's no court. We don't need to see that. Like, you can just cut to the next part. We don't need to see the court process. But for the story to work, it happens in like a day. She killed somebody in front of a bunch of people. So you go to jail. And then he lived in her cell and didn't use the loo and didn't eat for however long she was there. I feel like it loses some of the horror for me if suddenly we're like, okay, it's a movie. So, you know, the reality of things goes out the window. I think you're nitpicking to be nitpicking. It doesn't really matter if it was a mental institute or a hospital. I think it wouldn't matter a lot if it was a real jail with real cops. I'd still have the same outcome. <laughs> the message that's going across here, though, and the main driving, well, maybe not the message, but the main driving force is like she was in a extremely abusive relationship. She got out of it, but then... The abusive relationship kept happening, but she couldn't see when he was actually there doing it to her. So she just assumed he was always there, even though she couldn't see him. And I think that's more of the, yeah, the psychological horror aspect of this movie. Maybe he's not there the whole time, but you have to assume that he is, even though he's down the hallway taking a leak. Getting out of his uh, his suit. You know he wasn't down the hallway taking a leak getting out of the suit. Could have been outside in his car. Maybe he peed in the suit. That's definitely how it has to be. Well, he might have been, yeah. Who knows? That suit's high tech, man. What is that smell? <laughs> that smelly smell. Yeah. <laughs> I smell something. I mean, that doesn't bug me, the logistics of it too much. I mean... It, I was okay with it. I was willing to go along the ride with it. It's just, it's such a, like a, yeah, it was so tense and I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. I didn't even cross my mind about most of this stuff. Yeah. You're like, what's he going to do next to screw her life up even more? And it's so impressive too, because since he controlled her, he basically knew everything she was going to do and was able to plan it out perfectly pretty much so that's even more frightening well it helped that her support group just sucks <laughs> hey the cop and his daughter were pretty good i like how the daughter's like she slapped me when like she blatantly did not slap her well it happened so fast like she was like looking down when all of a sudden smack like it's hard to tell in the flash of a moment like there's nobody else in the room the logical thing is well the other person in the room hit me like I don't know. I feel like if I was in that situation, I wouldn't know what happened either. And I would probably assume the person next to me within like a foot probably is the one who hit me. I mean, I'm not going to sit down after I get smacked and be like, all right, listen, listen, let's let's look at this like logically. I'm not going to be thinking that. I'm going to be thinking I got to get away from the one threat in this room that I can see. What, the gal just sitting on the floor looking like dumb? <laughs> Why not be like, did you just smack me? Because she, I think she got more than slapped. Like, I think she got hit pretty hard. I've got it. Fox would be like, there's an invisible man in here. I can smell it. <laughs> <First reaction. laughs> He's breathing in the corner. It doesn't look like, you know, that gal is sitting on the floor. It's not like she's in a position to, like, punch her real hard across the face. She sat up. It's like, I've had the bathroom locked all day. He's got to pee. I know he's in here. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it takes away a lot of tension for me when there's these obvious issues with this, like, new theme they're going for. Which, again, having seen the trailer, like, I don't know, the monster was there, knew who it was, knew, like, the paint scene already going into it. That's too bad, because I knew absolutely nothing about this movie. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. I probably enjoyed this movie more than a lot of the ones that we've watched recently. 
just because it like kept me on my toes. It was actually pretty tense. Um, the whole psychological terror and uh, abuse relationship thing was in there. And I was like, man, this is a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. I did hear like a take that I thought was interesting where it's kind of about like, which might go into what Fox is complaining about a little bit. We're like, we're not so keen to just believe everything we hear. You know, if someone comes up to you and is like, oh, I was just attacked, you know, we automatically are just like, mm, I don't think, so. you know, like it's more like with like women and stuff and like abuse where it's not necessarily, if we would just believed her the whole time, then this probably like we would have solved the case, that kind of thing, you know. But usually society tends to like be like, eh, no, no, she's just not, you know, she's just saying stuff. It's not that bad when maybe it is that bad. I think that's what they're going for with this too. I saw that on Reddit somewhere, I think. But I think you're right, TV. Which, you know, that is why, you know, their friends are like, well, I don't know, you know, like, okay, you know, you're obviously crazy. When if they would have just been like, you're right, okay, there's an invisible person chasing you, they probably could have solved the problem right away. Like, but who's going to believe there's an invisible man chasing you, right? Right. Like, I just want the three of you to know that if you ever come to me and you're like, there's a guy and I can't see him and he's trying to kill me, I'm going to at least chill out with you for a few minutes and like throw some flour around the house to see. Just so you know, we'll lock the bathroom. We'll just throw some stupid flour around the house like you do. They've got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to come in here eventually. <laughs> Why did she use coffee grounds in that scene? Like, does nobody own flour anymore? That's like the oldest trick in the book for finding invisible people. Do you have flour in the house? We have two bags of flour. Would you have flour if you uh, weren't living with uh, your fiance? <laughs> I did actually have a bag of flour. All right. I never opened it, but it was in my pantry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I doubted your invisible man hunting skills, Fox. Now I'm looking around like trying to see what I would use in this situation. I don't think I have anything that's like logistically sound. Just get a knife and start running around slashing it. <laughs> Just start swinging? Yep. I mean, you could go into a room real quick and shut the door and then just stay in there and... Hopefully he wasn't just sitting there the whole time. Yeah, you hopefully the, they were a big brain in the room before you <laughs> got in there. So I guess let me pose this to you guys. Would you watch it again? And would you like have as much fun the next time? I did. And I did. I did too. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. It It is one of those where it's not as intense the second time around. Because you know what's going to happen. But it's... You can still appreciate it for what it's doing, which is good. I was on your boat too, Fox. I saw that trailer before I watched it the first time with the paint. And I was pretty mad that that had been revealed to me because that does feel like it's something they're trying to play on in the movie is like the whole logistics and the reality of the situation. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I liked it almost equally, I would say, each time I've seen it. So Yeah, I think I would uh, enjoy watching it again to try and guess where he's at in every scene if he's in it or if he's not because for most of it you can't really tell i would say from the first viewing for me like you can kind of guess you'd be like oh i bet he's back there but you don't really know and it doesn't really show it to you that's why the camera works so freaky in this because <laughs> it's shot like he's there but you don't know unless he that scene where he breathes out in the night behind her Ooh, that was creepy that's great that's a great reveal or when when he was walking on the sheet mm -hmm. <laughs> they do a good job of like escalating things i think with like 
kind of subtle at first, and then yeah, he just kind of goes all out at the end, obviously with the the slaughter of dozens of people. But what'd you guys think of like the suit? I thought it was pretty cool. I was a little hesitant about it because I know like the original guy, you know, he like I guess I don't know that well. I read it back in middle school, but I think it's like chemicals or something that he like yeah. spills on himself or he drinks. Does he drink it? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, well, that seems weird. I was kind of hoping he would, but I think the suit's actually really cool. Like, it looks like it's got a bunch of little eyeballs and stuff. Ooh, like, it's pretty creepy looking. I really think it's neat. Oh, it's not bad. You know, I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's like Splinter Cell. Yeah, with like a thousand eyes. Splinter Cells. Grant us eyes so we can see. I wish. (laughs) Wish, 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 man. So badly, I was like, okay, but what if they just make us think for a second that it's a ghost or that it's something else? Like, what if they just give us something else to make us think that maybe, just maybe, it's not what it is? (laughs) Anything at all. I don't know. I wanted more ambiguity. Yeah, ambiguity. It wouldn't have hurt it, but that's not what they were going to do. It's not. I think TV's on to something, though, with the whole message. Yeah, about, I, I don't know, I think I didn't, I don't know if I explained it quite right, but I think the gist of it, like, the the inclination to disbelieve rather than, you know, just accept what the person is saying and investigate, you know, like that kind of thing. I think it's easier to, like, appreciate this plot as a message and rather than at face value. Nah. <laughs> so I got a question. From the ending... Do you guys think Adrian did it from the start? And was he the mastermind who was manipulating his brother too? Or what do you guys think? I think he did. Because he said that thing at the end. Yes, surprise. And then he had that dumb grin on his face. Like, ah, yeah, I just told you everything you need to know. Get it? Like, he had that look. And I was like, ooh, that's the guy. He wasn't stupid. He knew she had a tape recorder. I didn't really think it mattered all that much from a plot point, whether it was him or not. It mattered to our main character. The brother certainly didn't make him abuse his girlfriend for three years. Like, either way, like, who cares who was, like, tormenting her for that, like, you know, month-long period? She was still gonna kill him either way, given the chance. Well, see, you're asking the questions that the, the her friends are asking. It's like, no, 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 it was the brother. Like, you don't have to worry about it. And she's like, no, I, I still am worried about it. And then... And she killed him. Would have killed him either way, I think, given the opportunity. I have to say, I did not see her killing him. I didn't see that coming. I thought it was so lame the way they did it, man. Did you? I thought it was pretty cool. because She changes out of that suit so fast. They sped up time. It's fine. Apparently. There's just a cut. That's not in real time. Yeah. Come on. So it would seem. You gotta go with the movie sometimes. You can't just, like, look at your watch. You have, like, five minutes? You want to just sit there and wait for her to come back? <laughs> well, it seems like it would make a difference to the guy listening into the audio if, you know, it was silence for 20 minutes, and then you see what I'm saying here. She's got to get unchanged and then come look scared by the body by the time the cop guy realizes something's wrong. Fox, you ever watch those old football movies where uh, they have to run down the whole football field and there's two seconds left and they do it because it, <laughs> it keeps it, it just keeps flashing back to the scoreboard and something that should have taken like five seconds is taking like one <laughs> i would you know counter with did you ever hear me say those for good movies on this oh. podcast <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you monster <laughs> i'm just saying time in movies has never been right she could have left the mic in there, like left the water running or something, like 
There's ways. He was suspicious. Like, he knew something was up. But how is he the detective on her murder case? Now, that's a good question. Maybe they thought she'd open up to him or something because she knew him. I don't know. That'd be my only guess, but they don't tell you why he gets to be there, too. It feels very, like, conflict of interest kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, yeah, there there is that kind of stuff in the movie. Not much. For me, I didn't really care so much about that stuff. Everything else was uh, just interesting enough that I was like able to give it the benefit of the doubt. Enter the suspension of disbelief. I did find myself this time watching having the bathroom question as well. What bathroom question? When is he going to the bathroom? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It just still didn't bug me too much. It just kind of something I was like, huh. Well, I mean, maybe he's not even in there. I guess that's the, who knows? Maybe he's just going to the bathroom at the time I'm thinking about it. Well, he's got to go in or out when the orderly comes in and out. So he only has so many windows to he's do He's got to plan it out perfectly, yes. Yeah. Well, he could just like pee in the corner and blame it on the... the... Well, but she has to see him do it, right? Like he's got to, you know, unzip his fly. <laughs> He'll go in the shower, close the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she was asleep, you know? There's ways, I'm sure, to get around it, right? I mean, I don't know, you know, yeah, surely. I think the question is, did he plant the stuff in the attic one time, or was he living in the attic and opening it and dropping down and then climbing back up a whole bunch? I think he planted it. That'd be my guess. Because, yeah, it would not make, I think people would notice if he was climbing up there all the time. Because she was there at that house all day. So I think he found, like, one chance to do it, and then, I think it was when she left for the interviews when he started, he planted everything. Well, do we have anything else to talk about, or we got a overall presentation? I don't think I do. I think I'm ready. I think I'm good to go. We got a scale that we use around here to rate these movies. They go from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it, in that order. It's very visible. Yeah, it's a very clear. And it's always right. It's always correct. It never goes wrong. It's, it's always easily averaged out, um, uh, and always has a clear, concise answer at the end. And there's no issues we ever have had with the scale before. So, But, you know, before we do our overall presentations, I do have a little story about something weird that happened to me the other day. So I had to go out for an appointment and, you know, I had to bring some paperwork, some files, that kind of thing. And so I went out and I met with this person and they're like, all right, yeah, you know, we're having a pretty good conversation. Uh, and then they wanted to see my paperwork. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got it right here in my briefcase. I popped it open. And there was nothing there. <gasps> so I went home to reschedule <laughs> my appointment. But when I got back, I, uh, I heard a phone ringing in the apartment above me. So I went to check it out, and it was empty. Um, but there was a note next to the phone, and it said, Mike will go first. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I left, came back down, <laughs> sat down to record, and I think I'm going to take that as a sign. I'm just going to give this person what they want and say, Mike, you should probably go first. Good plan. Good plan. You know, TV, I got to say you ended that one and it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> who knew it would go in that direction? Like, you know, I knew who was going to go first. I just didn't really see the <laughs> note coming or what it was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. My stories are so unpredictable. You never know what they're You had me pretty invested there. Which one of you invisible people left that note? And do you pee? We need this answer. <laughs> Hit us up at the contact stuff at the end. I'm pretty sure Mike over here has two bathrooms. 
Hmm. What what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> We've got him now. <laughs> you saying there's an invisible man living in my uh, <laughs> bare bedroom? I don't know. You wouldn't know if he was. You know, I actually enjoyed this movie. I thought it was kind of fun. It was interesting. Kept me on uh, the edge of my seat at times. And I didn't exactly see what was going to happen each moment of this movie, which was nice. It kept me surprised. Um, I had some good suspense. And uh, we didn't talk much about the acting, but I think uh, Elizabeth Moss did a fantastic job. She did amazing, slowly going more into uh, madness uh, throughout the movie. I'm going to give this a watch it. I think it's pretty good. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I want to see what this director does next. I Hopefully he'll get back with James Wan sometime. I'd like to see a team up, but he's doing just fine on his own too, so watch it from Mike. Well, yeah, as you probably got from our hour-long review, this uh, wasn't really my favorite one we've seen. You know, I guess, again, just to preface everything, I saw, like, the post-release trailer for this movie. I don't know. Going into it, knowing who the villain was, knowing what the suit was, that took away a bit. But I was, you know, I win, and I was like, hey, maybe it will subvert my expectation. And it did not. So maybe it's better without seeing the trailer. I don't know. I felt like a lot of the horror could have been exchanged for any number of Blumhouse demons. I mean, swap out this insidious, invisible act for another one of demonic rather than mortal doing, I guess. I know Elizabeth Moss is really capable. She's fantastic in other works. She was not my favorite in this. I just felt like she wasn't really selling me on the various things she was feeling i don't know so she did fine don't get me wrong she was fine but there were definitely things that yeah could have been a lot better i'm gonna give this one a pass again prefaced with you know if you've seen all the trailers i just don't know if it holds a lot of tension and horror i think it has a worthwhile message so i won't burn it but a pass from old fox yeah i really actually like this a lot like the more I think about it, I think the more I do like it. Um, I am happy that this isn't just the stereotypical demon thing. I mean, all I, all I can see concede that it's just both invisible threats and <laughs> it's not really that different. But I think there is a more physicality to it when like they're struggling and grabbing at him and stuff. I don't know. But I think that's really cool. I hope they do more stuff like this where there's like a gimmick or something with these villainous people, monsters, whatever. Because I like seeing some variety, and I think this hits the mark for me with that regard. It's shot really well. It's really tense um, both times I watched it. I think that there's some action scenes in here that are absolutely amazing. Um, worthwhile, I think, watching just for the scene in the hospital. It's just so cool. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a buy it. I really do like it, um, and I'm happy to have seen it these both times, and, you know, I keep thinking about it and i think that's a good sign and yeah i think there is a message there that you can pick up on it but also you can just watch the movie for its own sake and be tense and scared for that as well so i say buy it i really enjoyed this movie too it's a lot more a thriller than it is a horror film though it does have some pretty scary intense moments in it um the first like I don't know, five minutes of the movie are very intense. Um, we didn't touch on that, but the that part's real good. And the rest of the movie lives up to it as well. 
the way it's shot is so clever because it's um, framed for multiple people, but there's only Elizabeth Moss there, so you're always looking for them. And it, it's just really good. Elizabeth Moss really sells it, and um, the story's good, too. Just when they, like, do their first big fight with the Invisible Man, and you wouldn't be so scared of him anymore normally since you've seen what he can do. It starts taking a lot of clever turns with some cool twists that you don't see coming. And it's just a really well-made thriller, which we don't get very many of anymore. So it, it it was really good. It surprised me when I saw it. I like it quite a bit, and I'm going to say it's worth a buy as well. So TV, I think we entered one of those spots where uh, it doesn't uh, <laughs> even out perfectly what? every time. No. That sounds like it comes out to a watch, if not a soft buy. Yeah, somewhere between a watch and a buy, it sounds like, but I don't know. We have three different ones here with two on one, so... (laughs) Our clearly visible, totally concrete scale. You know exactly where we are with each movie um, as a collective each time, no matter what. So for next week, you know, Fox, I feel like you were so down on this. I feel like you need to... uh, Fate is in your hands now to pick what we do next, since... We've got one more one-off to do before our big Halloween series that we're going to hopefully have scheduled perfectly. So it's up to you. <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, that, that, that's too kind of you. <laughs> that's so sweet. I tell you what's been on my mind lately. If you're really asking what's on the mind of old Fox Jackson. Lately, I've been thinking about Palm Springs, a Hulu original with, um, you know, everybody's favorite funny man. What's his name? Andy Samberg. Yeah, Lonely Island guy. Yeah, I love that guy. And actually, it just came out. This is a very recent movie. I mean, in all fairness, we record these a little bit in advance, so maybe it won't be that new when it comes out, but we don't review this new of a movie very often, so... Yeah, I'll stick in with our 2020 vibe. Next is Tiger King, right? Well, we're catching the the <laughs> hype on that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we recorded that a few episodes ago. Yeah, it'll come out, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hit that right on right on time we're ready we're ready for the drop yep we're ready to hit all that uh the buzz you know get that yeah. those downloads get in on that <laughs> our scheduling is impeccable dang it just like our our scale was that the start of the inside when that all came out yeah that was like march dang I, yeah it feels like it's been a year at least but it's only been like months uh, anyways, let's get on to something more positive, like reaching out to us on social media. <laughs> we got lots of free time. Well, maybe we don't, but, you know, hit us up. We want to hear from you guys, the listeners. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter. You can just search for Run The Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. We want to hear your thoughts. Do you like The Invisible Man? Did you think it was predictable and it got ruined for you? Do you think there's too many logistical errors? I want to know both sides. Maybe maybe we're all just on the love boat here, but there's actually, you know, a hate train coming. And I want to hear about that. So, Or if you do love it, I'd also like to hear about that. I mean, it's not one or the other, obviously. I want to know, if you're an invisible man, do you pee? And how often do you pee? 
You gotta take a dump at some point. You can't do that in the suit. Man, I do not want to see somebody, an invisible man, take a dump. Ugh. (laughs) You won't see it. He's invisible. I'm worried that there's a point where you will start to see it, though. That's the problem, and I don't want to imagine what that's like. There has to be an exit to the suit somewhere. (laughs) See, okay, listen, if you are an invisible person out there, do not email us or message us about your bathroom activities, please. I don't want to know. Please, TV will be the first who sees it. (laughs) Don't try and tell me that Elon Musk hasn't built this suit and didn't create, like, an openable back end for it. Come on. You see some butt cheeks come up here. (laughs) (laughs) The floating cheeks. (laughs) One of those things you think of after you've been wearing it for a while. You're like, oh, man, I really should have give a way to go to the bathroom in this thing (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks for listening to us tonight everybody thanks for sticking around for our uh for our bathroom humor at the end (laughs) who knows how much that's gonna stay in oh geez (laughs) (laughs) wait what are you saying but yeah thanks for sticking around we really appreciate it be sure to get in contact with us uh this is run the real signing off (laughs) 